become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Greetings and smell mutations. It's time for some hell's a popping entertainment landfill news. Sit back and take a drink and then take another and another and then spin around three times. When you are dizzy and feel like you might just Ralph, then it's time for the show. the Jay Shrum. Welcome to the show, everyone! Hello! Hello! Is anyone out there? I'm not alone. I have a special guest. It's Adam Sexton. Hello, Adam. Hello, Jay Strum. Hey, how's it going, buddy? You're going good, man. Awesome. Most excellent. Uh, I'm glad that you could fill in on the show. Steven is stuck on an airplane right now. So he wasn't able to do the show. You know, he told me like yesterday, he's like, I couldn't get a, uh, you know, an earlier flight. So I won't be able to do the show. And I was bummed out. So hopefully he's doing okay. Yeah. I hope he's doing okay. too. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> That was terrible. Hopefully, Steven's all right. I wasn't funny, Foggy. Can you believe that, Adam? Sick. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Adam, you know, as you, you've been on the show many times, I don't think I can even count on one hand how many times you've been a guest on the show. I have no idea. But it's been many times now, hasn't it? Or it's been more than a few. Yeah, have you kept track at all? Is it five times, six times, seven Absol- times? Absolutely not, no. 
because if you you've been on two of the Chuck shows also. So I've told yes. I just don't I've lost count. I don't know. But welcome again to the show. And of course, ETL landfill uh, ETL news. I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> ETL landfill news. Yeah, right, Jason. Uh, Entertainment landfill news, of course, is where we talk about stupid news stories. But also we talk about things we've been doing lately. Uh, movies we might have seen. Uh, are you playing any games right now, Adam? Yes, uh, last weekend I really seriously overdid it with Stardew Valley. Oh, uh, nice! Which is a which is a PC game first, and then it came to the PS4. I'm not sure if it's on Xbox One, but it came to yeah, I think it is. consoles uh, near the end of last year. And uh, I've been distracted by other things, but I jumped into it. Whole hog last weekend. I think wow. Saturday I played it for about eight hours straight. Holy shit. And, <laughs> and then the next day before I went to work, I played it for like four or five hours. I can't tell. Nice. I, I've never done anything like that. And I should never do anything like that again because I've heard it, one, it drains you, your productivity, and two, you'll most likely die pretty quickly by doing something like that. I've heard it's a t- total time suck. It's totally addictive because you're taking care of a farm, but also you uh, you uh, have animals to tend to. You also have an entire town where you can go walk around and explore and visit with people and stuff like that. Oh, exactly. You, I mean, you're, you're tending to your crops. You're doing landscaping because when you first come right to your farm, there's a bunch of trees and rocks and stuff that you've got to take down with tools. And uh, pretty soon you've got a mining sub game or mini game to play, which is what I'm doing because right now I'm in the winter season. <laughs> and uh, mining will be pretty much the only thing I can do aside from fishing. Uh, nothing will grow in winter unless you have a greenhouse. Which I wasn't able, which I wasn't able to procure, uh, due to not finding certain items. But wow. I went, I think I breezed through in those two gameplay sessions through spring, summer, and fall. The time passes pretty quickly while you're playing. It, it, it does because what it, it it it's divided up into the four seasons, but the four seasons are marked by like thirty days, like a like a on a regular month on a calendar. So 30 days represents one season and so on and so forth. I'm not sure how the game is supposed how long the game is supposed to last, maybe forever. Uh, I came across this artifact that was there was a message saying that my grandpa was going to come in the third year and I'm near the end of the first year. I, I don't know what that means, but wow, that's a that's a head notice, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going yeah, to Yeah, I know that, that was pretty years. nice of them to leave a little <laughs> note, but it was so strange because I, I just felt like, man, these uh, these achievements, these uh, these things I, I need to have. I, look, I, I, it's good enough that I got my crops, but I need to level up my fishing. I need to buy, uh, you know, upgrade my fishing rod and lures, and I need to buy a, a, a barn for or a coop for chickens. I need to buy a silo to feed the chickens. <laughs> I need to do this and that. Wow. And, and, and you will never be uh, – there is a lot to do. You will never – it's never a boring game. And the, wow. and this is the first farming 
simulator I guess I've ever tried. I mean, because I've never mm-hmm. played any of the Harvest and Moon games. Uh, they they didn't seem appealing to me. Did you but play you know, I Farmville on uh, Facebook. <laughs> no, I was definitely not jumping into that crap. Yeah, but um. But this game, it just has endless carrots on sticks, and I found myself yeah. just – I had to reach this point where I had, I had achieved these certain things, and then I could walk away. I've but at have... the end of it, I, I just lost track of time so much. I was like, man, I can never do anything like that again. I've heard you ha- can have relationships with the different NPCs. You can even get married in the game and stuff. Yes, but that takes time. I'm having a little difficulty trying to uh, <laughs> have, get relationships with other people. People, you have to kind of earn their trust by like giving them gifts and talking to them every day yeah. and uh, just making certain decisions. I mean, sometimes they'll speak to you and they'll become like a dialogue branch where you have an option. And depending on what answer you give, that may play a decision as to whether or not they will continue to like you or not or whatever. I mean, maybe they'll like you, maybe they'll hate you, maybe they'll be neutral. But uh, I've I have had no luck since then. I mean, I, I've been trying to give them gifts and making them feel um, I, I've got like a couple of ladies making them feel special or whatever, but uh, it's, it's I've been more distracted by just trying to get my farm up to speed and there's still a whole lot of work to do. Yeah, I was interested in playing that. You know, I don't play games like that normally, but it looks so neat. And I watched some how-to videos on YouTube. People have guides and stuff, how to set up your farm. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I can't do this. I'll, I'll never get anything done again. You know, <laughs> you won't. Yeah, you won't. I, I, I think you should play it, but I don't. I think you should stay away too. I think it's kind of game. Like I know my daughter has been addicted to minecraft for a long time this sounds like the kind of game that might get her away from minecraft for a while you know it i think it could i think you're really good excellent uh i haven't been playing anything uh this week or last week but i did play uh a game called journey on the ps4 it came out like last year i think or maybe it was even two years ago but it was this uh, it was one of those huge games that uh, it received some awards, I believe, and it was like four ninety nine or something like that on the PS4. So I bought it. And uh, do you remember this game, Journey? Yeah, I played it. I played it on the PS3, which is where it first uh, arrived. Right. Well, uh, I sat and played it, and you know, it's a very short game. You could you could beat it in one sitting, no problem. And it's. Yeah you play this character in this beautiful environment, kind of this desert environment where uh, civilization has ended and there's just remnants of civilization and these strange ribbon type creatures. It's very strange and beautiful. The game is, and the Mm -hmm. music is fantastic in the game. And uh, I played through that and I was genuinely moved by the ending and I just thought it was a fantastic way to spend like uh, a good three hours playing that. It was a really good game. It was definitely worth four ninety nine that I spent on it. Uh, I really just needed to kill time, and I was like, "Here, let me buy a game." You know, uh, I, I I think what happened is I wasn't able to do a show that night. Stephen couldn't come in again, and just I was I was bummed out and. You know, uh, my daughter was at her grandmother's, Heather was working late, and I was like, oh, let me play a game, you know? 
And I sat there and played that, and I was just blown away by Journey. It really is gorgeous. And that whole ending, you, you've uh, played it to the end, so you know that uh, there's a part where you keep ascending, like jumping higher and higher to get to your destination. The music just swells at that part. It's very moving, you know, very emotional. Yeah. I was just like, wow, I don't think I've been this moved by a game by its music and everything in a, in a while. It was just really fantastic. I almost wish that it could have uh, gone on longer, but maybe it was, it, it's short and sweet. You know what I mean? And another, oh, yeah. thing, another thing that's cool about it is that you play with these other people show up and you can help each other for a while. And then I realized this was another human being I was playing with who was playing the game and I don't even ha- one thing that's neat about that is I don't have the the PlayStation uh you know I don't pay for the PlayStation Pass or whatever it's called where you can play multiplayer so it doesn't even matter with this game they just put you with a random person and you guys can help each other or not you can ignore that person but I thought it was neat that I was running around with another human being for a bit cuz you're alone for the first part of the game but then all of a sudden here's this other person and you're kind of playing together I thought that was really cool. What do you think? You're not keeping your uh, PlayStation Plus membership active? No, it's uh I the way I play is so sporadic that it just doesn't make any sense. It's just a waste of money at this point. Maybe if I was playing a lot more I would do it, but right now it's just so off and on and I don't play a lot of multiplayer games on the PlayStation anyway. Right. What did you think of that game? Uh, it's, it's been so long, but I mean, I loved it on the PS3 and, uh, if you bought it on the PS3, the minute it came out on PS4, you could, I mean, you can get it free of charge and yeah. that happened, uh, the, the, I forget the name of the game company who made it, but it's the same company who made flower mm-hmm. and, uh, flow also for PS3. And I would think that those games were made available for PS4, but I'm not sure. But anyway, um, but yeah, I, I love the game for all the reasons that you mentioned, uh, the, the, the way, the non-traditional way that it uses multiplayer where you can't, you don't know who the other person is, but you're able to, uh, you know, interact with each other in a way that you would in a regular multiplayer game. And it's just, it's abstract enough, but not, not too vague enough that you don't know what to do. Yeah, at certain points. So uh, yeah, that's that's a great little blast from the past. That was one of the that was one of the best games from the PS3. And so yeah, I, I, I was glad that they they ported it over to the PS4. There's that game called Inside, also with a little boy running and you do puzzles. I've been meaning to play that game too, and I definitely want to get around to that. Yeah, I do too. I uh, th- that's made by the people who made uh, Limbo. Right, which uh, I avoided until I can play on the P on the PS Vita because any games that involves big ass spiders, I want that on the smallest screen possible. <laughs> yeah, but I it but it ultimately that. turned out to be a great game. Yeah, I have that, but I've never played it yet. Maybe I should play that first before I play Inside. Yeah, there's definitely that that choice i mean as far as i know they're not tied together other than just being made by the same company yeah just kind of uh kind of to see what came first and then see the evolution of the second game yeah 
but other than Stardew Valley, there is, uh, you know, my usual incursions into Tom Clancy's The Division. And oh, wow. uh, about two weeks ago, uh, Ubisoft had a sale on PSN and uh, the season pass for The Division was made available for like twenty seven ninety nine, ah. And I picked that up because there is a the third and last expansion is coming out, I think within uh, another week. And, uh, to really get the most from that game, you have, I mean, you need to have the, the stuff from the season pass. And as a result, uh, I, I think the game plays a whole lot better. You're getting more drops. You're getting more missions. The, the map just expands even greater. I'm trying to get as much as I can into Stardew Valley and the division before, Horizon Zero Dawn comes around, and man, it is getting closer and closer. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing Horizon. Uh, and, you know, this game, this new game, Neo, came out, and I was like, oh, that game yep. is so awesome. And I played a lot of the, the beta or the alpha, I think. And I kept, oh, I was fighting the urge of getting Neo because I knew I can't get two games in one month. I just can't do it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to wait on Neo. It'll eventually be like 20 bucks or something, you know. That's when I'll grab it. So right now, I just am looking forward to Horizon. Uh, and I'm just having to tide myself over, you know. And, you know, I saw, you know, Grand Theft Auto 4 is now backwards compatible on the Xbox One. I could possibly <laughs> play that. Or I've been playing, from time to time, I'll play Bad Company a game that a bad company too that's now backwards compatible that I played a long time ago, uh, which is fun just to shoot things for a while. But it's just because I can't delve deeply into a game right now. So I'm, I really want to just spend a good week playing Horizon. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I can't wait to see how big and beautiful and robust that that uh, game is because I mean I've watched my share of gameplay footage but there's so much that i i don't want to have spoiled for me mm -hmm. but i am uh truly confident that that game is going to deliver so uh it looks i will right most likely alley. yeah mine too and uh unfortunately i i can't envy anyone who uh i mean who who wants to you know play like because the, the, there's there's going to be a zelda game at yeah. the beginning of next month too so, uh, how do you feel about? I, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. That there is yeah. one clear decision for me to make since I don't have a Wii U and I don't plan on getting a Switch right now. Exactly. But uh, because, but, uh, but man, so much stuff is coming out. Yeah, exactly. Like if you were going to play Horizon, an open world game, which is likely going to take you a while to play, and then like days later, the Nintendo Switch comes out, and then there's Zelda. Whoever is going to play that Zelda game, they're going to spend a lot of time playing it, right? So that's definitely yeah, something. It's, and, it's 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 touted to be a big, big world, probably the biggest so far, and it's going to be available on Wii U same day. One thing that I have to realize, though, and I've thought about it, you know, like I, you always feel this urgency when a game comes out, like, I've got to play this. But if you just wait a little bit, it'll be all right. You know, it'll still be there. One thing I think is funny, like if you watch Twitch ever, when a game first comes out, you see like that game is there on the top games being played. Like a week later, that game has dropped way down. Nobody's playing it. It's like this. Everybody's got to play it right the, the week it comes out 
And then the week later, you know, everybody goes back to playing their usual games and stuff. It's kind of funny the way that works. Or they move on to the next brand new game. Like it went from well, everybody I mean, was playing Neo and now everybody's playing For Honor. And, you know, everyone's going to pl- be playing Horizon. <laughs> so you just. Well, I've to, heard good know. things uh, about the the release version of Neo. I mean, it's it's. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the things that they couldn't provide for the uh, for the betas, for the beta versions of it. I mean, it's the, the full flesh version of the game has been very well received. So, yeah, that's that's probably something that's going to be like an ebb and flow situation. I mean, you're, you're not uh, as far as popular games on Twitch. You're not going to be able to knock off League of Legends or freaking Hearthstone or yeah. freaking World of Warcraft. There's there's no point in trying to do that. Yeah, uh, Neo. I you know I just played the alpha and the beta, but it the fighting is so much fun when you're in this battle with this uh, you know NPC that you have to block and watch your stamina and stuff. It's really uh, fun when you beat some hard level creature and it's just like oh I did it. You know it's really fun. I could I can't imagine how fun it'll be playing like the entire game one day yeah i i can remember uh watching the the gameplay videos that you posted for those builds of neo and you apparently you apparently seem to have been enjoying yourself and i asked you uh afterwards i mean do you i mean do you like playing like dark souls or bloodborne you say no i've I've as far as i know you've never had any experience with those games yeah, not at all. Maybe I will like and it. That's, <laughs> and that's the that's the crowd that Neo has been courting, and, and those types of games mm-hmm. are very popular right now. Yeah, totally. I'll, I'll definitely have to uh, try those out one day. <sighs> yeah, one day. Now, Adam, let's go ahead and swing into movies we've watched recently, because we both recently saw the same movie, which was last weekend... And that is John Mm -hmm. Wick, Chapter 2. How much for the car? She's not for sale. John Luke Humphrey. Noise complaint. Noise complaint. Kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> Crazy shit, man. Uh-huh. That was a good one. People keep asking if I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. 
John Wick. You're not very good at retiring. I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, what did you think of John Wick Chapter 2? I think it's about as good a sequel as they could have made to the first one for mm-hmm. for reasons I'll for reasons I'll explain. Um you and I are both fans of the YouTube series Movies with Mikey. That's part of the Chainsaw yeah. original channel. And Mikey Newman did a wonderful video on John Wick that explained that the movie has this great undercurrent of grieving and the process of someone who's who's trying to grieve after losing their loved one and how that thematically tied in with all the the action like it was a you know, a purging of of emotion of some kind chapter two doesn't have that exactly or at least not to the level that it was in the first movie mm-hmm. but but it, I, I think the filmmakers knew that the surprise element of the first one was already gone. So they did the only thing they could, which was expand this criminal underworld that they hinted at the first one. And that clearly was the best way to go. So, uh, you know, you just have this ridiculous, I mean, it's got a first, it's got a first act that kind of takes its time setting everything up. And there were some critics or some people who's, felt that that first part was labored or took too long. And I don't know what they were talking about, but as as soon as everything (laughs) just starts, you know, going completely to shit, the movie just never seems to let up. And, uh, I, I loved it. And it was just as stylish and well acted as the first one. And there was plenty of surprises to it. And man, the ending, I don't know how long it's going to take them to make the third one because the director is, you know, a hot item now. And he's also got another movie, uh, uh, in production, but the way it sets up that third movie is just making me go, Oh, I I just wish it was here right now. Oh, I know. Totally. uh, uh, you just wanted to roll into that third movie. Like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's watch or that now. third movie will be here in six months. I'm like, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. It, the way it ends is my wife was like, oh, it can't end like that. And I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, we got to, we got to, she was like, I wanted him to be safe. And I was like, it's not that kind of movie. Like, he's not going to like, all right, let me go to sleep in my bed tonight. It's not going to be that kind of movie. But while, you know, one thing is the theater was packed, like, Shoulder to shoulder, you know, we were both sitting right next to people. That's how packed it was. And we got good audience reactions, you know, from things going on. Like a lot, some people would go, ooh, you know, at certain things, you know, (laughs) because we know that John Wick gets some great kills in the movie. Oh, does he ever. My favorite from the first movie, I was wondering if they could top that. I love the whole reload, hold the guy down, reload so you can shoot him after you reload your gun. And I was wondering if it would top the first movie. And there's a great topping of that scene in this movie where he has to reload. And, you know, he. one thing that I love is in, you know, we've seen in action movies where 
the whole kind of cliche of like, oh, does he ever reload his guns? I love that John Wick is always having to reload his guns. It's realistic. He's got this many gun uh, bullets in his gun, and he's always like reloading, but he has to reload. He has to duck out of the way, or he has to grab a guy, get him in a headlock, punch him a couple times, then reload, or chamber the bullet. And I love how they choreograph everything in this movie. You know, it's so yeah. just yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, and you and I are both John Woo fans, and you and I have both seen the first Better Tomorrow film, right? Yes. Okay, uh, you'll notice in Rome when he's he's taking the underground tunnel away to where his mark's going to be, and he's placing certain weapons along the way just in <laughs> yes. case you know, he gets chased or there's an ambush. Oh, and it made me think that of that is. moment in Better Tomorrow where – uh, Charlie and Fats getting revenge by going to this nightclub and he's putting extra guns in this, these little flower pots yes, so that when he's pots, making yeah. his escape, he can shoot people. I all didn't the way even through. think of that. That is awesome because they use that again in some other John Woo movie. I remember in this movie called Just Heroes where the this uh, guy, this younger guy is planting guns and plants and stuff for him for later. So when, then when the gunfight comes in the room, Charlie and fat reaches over and reaches in a plant and he pulls out the gun. There's a gun in there. I thought that was hilarious that he has a guy go in ahead of time. Like, okay, find any planters, put some guns in there, <laughs> but yeah, they do a great setup of, uh, I was going to almost call him John Woo, John Wick, where he goes to purchase the weapons and he, yeah. not only is he purchasing the weapons, but they're showing him having his suit tailor made, you know, and he's, he's, over, he's going through the blueprints of where he has to go. It was really cool. Just building, building up to that scene. And then, you know, he's talking with Peter Serafinowicz about the weapons, but it's like, He's like a sommelier, you know, with wine, but instead it's guns. It was just brilliantly done. And then yeah. I, I think the impatience of whoever you were talking about before, some critic or whatever, is because they just wanted to get to the gunplay, right? Yeah. It's so funny when the gunplay finally erupts, it's just like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> you know, it's like, damn, you know, it's that kind of thing. And I was even wondering how many people john wick kills in the movie and then of course i found a stat where somebody listed every kill he had and what weapon was used for it and it was insane but he does kill well over 100 people in this movie <laughs> well i mean he killed like 80 people in the first film so of course they had to uh jump that jack that number up oh my god it's just so insane and there's some great fights where he kind of meets his match with common the actor. Oh man, I love that. That was my favorite. That, those two fights that they have are my favorite sequences in the whole film. Mm-hmm. I love because they're, they're, they, 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 there's that moment where they crash through that window and they're in the Continental yes. Hotel, so they have to they have to cease fire and then just go have a drink. Yeah, but I loved that? I loved that moment where Wick finally makes it back to New York and. In between this montage of assassins trying to kill him, he runs into Common again. And there's that wonderful 
that wonderful sequence where he's walking along a crowd of people on and on an elevated like platform or another <laughs> yes. level commons above them, and they're taking their silencers, their their their, their pistols equipped with their suppressors, and you're just casually firing off a couple of shots yeah, and kinda, still walking. He's kind of got the gun no. like hidden where he's going. Phew. And he's missing him. Yeah. John Wick shooting back. And there's people just walking next to him, you know, and they they have no idea that these guys are shooting at each other. It's a great Yeah, scene. I was laughing my ass off when that happened. I loved it. I love the scenes where John Wick has no idea just how many people are coming after him and he's walking. All of a sudden he gets, you know, somebody shoots at him. He's like, holy shit, you know, and then there's two <laughs> other guys down there and he's like, oh, crap. The part with the big sumo wrestler guy, that was insane. But <laughs> the, I love that whole montage. And oh, it was so great. we get to see we get to see the pencil trick. The pencil. You know, we they talk about uh the pencil in the first movie. I once saw John Wick kill three men with a pencil or something like that. Yeah. But then we see him fighting and it's funny the these two guys are grabbing him. He's grappling with him, and you see a pencil sitting there. The whole audience just laughed seeing that pencil when he grabbed it, and then he used it to kill the guys. Then that final blow uh, with the pencil, the whole audience was like, oh, like that. Yeah, I did the same thing. It was, that was awesome. Totally awesome. Well, that, was, that was crazy when he walks past the violinist who then yes. pulls a pistol out of her and actually gets him. Gets yeah. him twice in like the to- his lower to- torso. I was like, "Oh, holy shit!" He takes a lot of damage in this movie, but He's, I mean, uh, he keeps he keeps you know getting back up. I mean, the, the movie could basically be called John Wick. You know, gets his gut kicked in repeatedly <laughs> because that's what happens to him. But no matter how hard you try to knock him down, he just gets back up. It's insane. Yeah, I think he's stabbed twice, and he also has a gunshot in the gut. But he just keeps. Oh, and he has horrible bruises all over his body from getting shot. That's what's so cool. Is he has a bulletproof suit, but the guy even says it's still gonna hurt when you get shot. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So he's getting hit, and he's just like, oh, like that, and he just keeps fighting, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, that that first time that he and Common pull on each other, and they both they both take it, but they're both wearing body armor, mm-hmm. and they just kind of struggle to get back up after they've shot each other. I, I kind of loved it. I loved every yeah. I, I loved every minute of their uh, their moments together. This was. I, I think they should give Common his own action franchise because yeah. he's he's just as capable. His looks were great. How he just stare at him. It's like, uh, you know, I think John Wick's met his match, but uh, John Wick always has that one better move, something he does, you know. And there was a great fight with Ruby Rose too, and I didn't yeah. I expect it. You know, because I had just seen her, you know, two movies in a row I've seen with Ruby Rose now. <laughs> I saw her in Triple X where, you know, she had all sorts of attitude. But in this movie, she doesn't speak at all. She's a mute, I guess. And she does she, sign yeah. language. I don't think they ever establish that she's deaf, but they do establish that she's mute, that she doesn't speak, right? I think she's, I mean, you you can hear, you know, I mean, when she's fighting with Wick, you can hear her, like, gasp and grunt. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, she's only. I mean, I don't. I I never got the idea that she was she was deaf. So she may just she may just be mute for some weird reason. But yeah, I, uh, in addition to John Wick's many uh, many abilities, not only can 
he speak uh, Italian and Russian. He can also he also knows sign language. Yeah, so that's, that's a nice little cool. deal. I oh, I wanted to go home and watch the first movie over again. You know, they <laughs> they didn't do anything where they made the first movie obsolete in any way. It just showed. No. The one thing that I thought was cool is how it rolls right into this movie. It's just like, uh, what what is it like several days later, like five days later or something like that? And uh, uh, or do you know? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. And John Wick wants his car back, and that was. I mean, it was just. I, what can I say? You know, I don't want to spoil any plot points of the movie. If people want to go see John Wick, they know what they're in for. It's uh, more of what made the first movie awesome. And dude, when he is going crazy with that shotgun, you know, I'm just a big (laughs) shotgun fan in movies or video games. I love the shotgun. His shotgun is awesome in this movie. And the sound of it is freaking awesome, isn't it? Oh, yeah. This this movie, like, benefits from, like, loud, accurate accurate gunfire like heat or way of the gun where the the pops of the the gun blasts just you know it it, it it's it's like its own little soundtrack of its own it, it it's wonderful oh it's so sweet so people get out there and see john wick and you know my dad really liked the first movie and i said hey have you seen john wick 2 yet and he said no uh, I haven't seen it. Is it any good? I was like, "What? Why, why didn't you see it opening weekend? What are you talking about? Yes, it's <laughs> freaking awesome. Go see it." Yeah, and I also want to point out, uh, and I maybe you maybe you saw this too. The very first thing you see in the movie, for no apparent reason whatsoever, other than the fact that this movie is like this, oh, to great stunt work where. A clip of Sherlock Jr. by Buster Keaton is being displayed on a building yes. right before it pans down, and you see that motorcyclist get knocked off his bike. And that's something that's cool is Keanu Reeves does everything in this movie. He's he's doing the real action. He's doing the stunts. Yeah. He's doing the fighting. He's doing the gunplay and all that. And uh, you see it there on the screen that he's doing everything, and it's really awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so freaking cool. I love John Wick. It's great, great freaking series, man. <laughs> I, oh, there's a Peter Stormare is early in the movie. And Peter Stormare, you know, he plays a bad guy in everything. He's in lots of TV shows. If you need a villain on a TV show, call Peter Stormare. That's, but he has some great facial reactions in the movie early on where he's got all of his guys outside fighting John Wick in it gets silent, and all he hears is the guy going, oh, oh, and they just show him, he's like listening. And of course, here comes John Wick walking in quietly, and he's like, oh, hello, uh, John. Yeah. <laughs> it's he fantastic. doesn't even try. He, he, he knows better than to try to... Uh to uh try to make a make it make a play to try to kill him or anything he knows very well just to stay just to stay completely still what's so funny uh even when you see ruby rose's character as she's walking through the carnage and you see all the dead bodies everywhere you kind of see her going like jesus you know uh, just an expression like you would think people would learn like maybe we shouldn't mess with this guy just let him go you know because there's a yeah, great and, line where John Wick says, anyone who comes for me, I'm going to kill them. And it's just like, yeah, you should listen to him. He really is going to. 
Yeah. And I have no idea how many movies they want to try to do with this. I think the writer was quoted somewhere saying he had at least ideas for like five movies. Oh, I have wow. no idea if they'll do that many, but I, I'm I'm kind of glad that you know there at least be a third one, and uh, we'll we'll see more of it. But yeah, like I said before, he's got a movie the the director he's got a movie called Triple Threat coming out uh, or in production, so it may be like three, maybe three or four years until the next one comes out. But I mean, we'll be. I can wait. That's what yeah, so we we can heard... wait, but uh, also uh, it j- this just made me think of another. Uh, it made me think of another John Woo reference, uh, but uh, I don't know. All of a sudden, I lost it because I was thinking about Peter Stormare. Uh, a, a lot, a lot was made about the fact that Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves were reuniting because they were both in the Matrix. Yeah, but uh, Peter Stormare and Keanu Reeves were in Constantine were. Stormare was the devil, and uh, I, I kind of love that as well. I, uh, they give uh, Lawrence Fishburne a great line that you see in the trailer, but still in the movie when he said it, like everybody laughed, and it's, Somebody please get this man a gun. <laughs> you know, that's just a, yeah. such a great line. And one thing people should also know, if you've seen the first movie, you know, the dog dies. They do not do that in this movie. The dog is safe throughout the film. They're not going to kill the dog a second time. Just so people, people are worried about that. They're not going to do that twice. (laughs) I I listened to an interview with Keanu where he goes, we're not going to kill the dog twice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just, I just got reminded of the, the, the second John Woo reference. Because the the man who hires him, well, hires him, the man who comes to collect on the blood oath that John Woo owes mm-hmm. is basically just, you know, go to Rome and kill his sister so he can have it. But he gets double crossed. And, and it makes me wonder if that was this guy's plan all along to, uh, you know, to tie up loose ends and kill the assassin, whatever, assassinate the assassin, whatever. And like I'm thinking... Didn't this guy watch The Killer? Shouldn't yes. he have learned that that's never the smart thing to do? Just pay the man and yeah. everything would have been just fine. But no, you you put this all on yourself. I'm going to hire the world's top assassin to kill someone. And then I'm not going to pay him. And then I'm going to put out <laughs> a try and kill him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's a horrible idea, dude. You just, you know, you're, you cost your whole business and your life. All you had to do was just let him go or pay him some money, and then it was done. But, yeah, that's so funny. Oh, great, great. I, and, and that very end, I know we're doing some spoil. I know we're doing spoiler here, but that very end, the showdown at the Continental mm-hmm. and the restaurant, and I'm just thinking, oh, this son of a bitch. He, yeah. he came here knowing knowing that he as long as he stayed here wick might never do it yeah and wick is just standing there fuming and winston tells him just calm down john he's yeah, and the I other guy that. goes yeah just calm the yeah he's like john <laughs> john think about what you're about to do and it's like yeah he's thought about it he's made up his mind it kind of reminded me of the kurgan holy ground highlander like you're not supposed yeah. to kill anybody <laughs> while you're that they basically oh, were man. on holy safe ground and you're not supposed to kill anybody there because we saw what happened to adrian palicki's character in the first movie like that's a cardinal sin if you kill somebody in this safe zone that means your life is forfeit basically 
Yeah. And at the end of the movie, He's excommunicated, but I mean, and the Winston, the Ian McShane character, gives him like an hour head start. Yeah, and you see, and uh, doubles doubles the bounty on him. And it's weird going into that third movie where Wick doesn't have the security blanket mm-hmm. of the Continental. So I'm wondering. I'm figuring the first place uh, he goes to is uh, Lawrence Fishburne, maybe. Maybe that that would be unless they bring in another another character. I mean, because I don't know in, in that month where where he sends out the contract and everyone's checking their phone. I don't remember. Okay, well, there was that one guy, the one the one homeless guy who gets the text message of seeing it. But whether or not they whether or not the Lawrence Fishburne character makes good on that bounty is, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see about it because Wick did him a favor by taking out that guy. So yeah. we'll just see if, uh, you know, any friends, if John How Wick great. has any friends left because, you know, Willem Dafoe got taken care of in the first one. He doesn't have a whole lot of friends. He doesn't have a whole lot of safe places he can go to. And it just seems like the whole damn world is coming down on top of him. I so uh, I, I can't wait to see what they John, do about this. I love that John Wick, uh, Lawrence Fishburne says you can have one gun with one clip. I think he has seven yeah. rounds to go kill Seven the guy. bullets. Yeah, so he enters into this place, a hotbed where bad guys are with seven bullets, and you see him acquiring new guns and bullets as he's fighting, <laughs> or he picks up new guns or new bullets. I love that he keeps running out of bullets and needing more. It's just so great the way that they uh, play with that, and it makes it a lot more fun, doesn't it? That he's not oh, like, yeah. just armed to the teeth, and he's got all these guns, you know, bagged full of guns. Instead, he has to keep getting them, getting new weapons. And it's and it's so stylishly shot. That was that was one of the great things I loved about the first movie. That you had these carefully choreographed sequences where you could see all the moves, and there wasn't herky jerky camera movements. And that whole section in that art museum at the very end was just <laughs> beautifully choreographed, but especially. When they got into that room, that's like the room full of mirrors, which I guess was a nod to Enter the Dragon. And I kept wondering how they where they had to place the camera in order for the camera not to show up in reflections. Yeah. How great was but, the bad but guy? But it was all just beautifully shot. The bad guy shoots the reflection of Keanu and he goes, headshot right there. He gets him. Oh, <laughs> great. So, by the way, you see a lot of people shot in the head in this movie. <laughs> Oh, yes. So fantastic. Stabbed in the head and punched oh in the God. face. And- Just carnage. Love it. So much fun. Love it. Like, you know, I was just talking about how, you know, a lot of in this day and age, action movies can be very disappointing or they're pretty mediocre. You know, it's just like, oh, you know, that was, that was pretty cool, I guess, you know. But this was just like, dude, that was awesome, you know. <laughs> I haven't had this feeling since, like, watching The Killer or Hard Boiled, you know, or even, in some aspects, uh, Hard Target, <laughs> which staged similar action to Hard Boiled. It's almost like they use same I John, we recycled ideas from Hard Boiled for Hard Target, you know, and uh, yeah. We haven't really gotten anything that cool since then, that kind of gunplay. You know, when John Woo came to America and made, like, Broken Arrow and stuff, it's like, eh, this isn't as good, <laughs> you know. But I'm looking forward to his next movie because it's it's, chi- it's a joint Chinese-Korean film called Manhunt. 
Oh. And he's also dealing with he's also dealing with uh the Yakuza in this one. So um is, uh, Chow Yun Fat I'm looking in forward it? to that. Is he reuniting what? with is he reuniting with Chow Yun Fat? I don't know just yet who I mean cuz he's he's planning to do it because he's a big fan of the actor Ken Takakura, this Ooh, great yeah. Japanese actor who's yeah. who, who died a long time ago. But uh, I'm not particularly sure about the casting. All I know is that he's got it's a joint Korean Chinese pr- production, and he's 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 not you know it's not a American production by any means. Uh, I still really don't know who who's all cast who, who's involved with casting. So we'll oh, see. Remind me of that when it comes out. Yeah, well, I, I just mean- hope it finally comes out because the last movie he made, which was this two part. Your war epic called The Crossing. What I think it was like a World War II epic. It still hasn't made it over here in terms of a release, and I was kind of oh, wow. bummed about that. But whatever. Well, what do you say we get into some uh, entertainment news? Yes, the let's first do it. one is this one, which I keep seeing as a headline in places, and it's getting on my nerves. So I just got to get to this. And, you know, they announced Star- the next Star Wars Episode Eight will be called The Last Jedi. And people are like, Last Jedi? Who's The Last Jedi? Is it Luke? Is it Rey? Is it being singular or plural? I just want to say this right now. Shut up, please. <laughs> just stop. The Last Jedi, they reference The Last Jedi in The Force Awakens. Snoke does. And it's Luke Skywalker. And also, Ray is obviously training to be a Jedi. I haven't seen the movie, but it's the obvious place to go, okay? We don't need to have this clickbait story, but here we go. When Disney announced the name for the eighth <laughs> Star Wars movie in the main franchise, The Last Jedi, one of the bigger questions people had was whether or not the term Jedi was plural or singular. The company has now released the official title for the movie in a breadth of different languages. According to Spanish, French, Portuguese, and German speakers, the translator, the translated title phrased the term Jedi as plural, hinting that the movie isn't about just Luke Skywalker being the last Jedi. Oh, what could it mean, Adam? The biggest takeaway that fans have about the realization is that Luke isn't the last Jedi as the end of The Force Awakens suggested he might be. When Rey found Luke on the planet... It seemed possible that Luke had become the only surviving Jedi following the fallout between him and Kylo Ren. Others were quick to point out, however, that Rey exhibits signs of possessing a Jedi power. Are you kidding me with this? Do they really have to write this? It's Rey. Does she exhibit signs of a Jedi power? Are you... What? Ah, come on. The wood, the Woodward and Bernstein's of this entertainment journalism uh, business have definitely done their research. I love this Star Wars Los Ultimos Jedi, fifteenth day December in Cienis. or Cinis. <laughs> Is that Cinis? That's cinema. So it's plural, Adam. So I, I thought that immediately. The Last Jedi. I was thinking of Ray and Luke. We don't need this story, do we? I mean, come on. No. So stupid. no. No, that's that wasn't good enough. Why do I always do the wrong one first? There we go. <laughs> okay, another story, Adam. Uh, 
apparently everybody has seen Logan already because reviews of it are coming out everywhere. Now, the film doesn't come out for two weeks on March 3rd, but everyone has seen it. All critics have, apparently. But the good news is it's all positive word of mouth, it seems to be. But guess what? The director of Logan, James Mangold, he wants to keep going. Because I don't know if you know this, but the little girl is X-23 from the comic books, which is a female Wolverine. And he says that uh, I think Daphne is incredible in the film, the little girl who plays X-23, Daphne Keene. And I would love to see another film about that character, and that's certainly something I'll be involved in. For me, that was one of the big additions I brought to the table, this decision to try to make a film about family and to insert her character. Of course, all of this is up in the air, because Jackman has confirmed that Logan is the final... Well, you don't need him anymore, do you? He's confirmed that it's no. his final final film as Wolverine. So, I, of course, you know, this movie will make money. Whatever. No, hand over fist. Yeah, I mean, because it looks great. Looks fantastic. Now, Adam, I don't know if you've heard this, but Matt Reeves was all set to direct the new Batman. No, actually, he wasn't. All the stories were talking with Matt Reeves about directing the Ben Affleck Batman. But guess what? Today, this news just hit. This from The Hollywood Reporter. Batman negotiations break down with Matt Reeves. Oh, no. A week after entering negotiations to direct the Batman, Matt Reeves has exited talks. <laughs> He's exited. Well, I'll be leaving. <laughs> the Hollywood Reporter has learned a studio source confirms that negotiations have broken down. The possibility, however, exists that talks could resume when heads cool. Like, oh, I got to cool off, guys. The studio is intent on making the movie no matter what. As the, of course, it's a Batman movie. Are you kidding me? Reeves is currently deep in post-production on the Ape sequel, War for the Planet of the Apes, which is shaping up to be the biggest entry in Fox history. No, I added that part. Ben Affleck's was set to uh, helm the superhero feature, but ultimately decided not to pull double duty as the director and Batman. Affleck co-wrote the script with Jeff Johns. Prior to Reeves' Receiving the offer, Ridley Scott and Don't Breathe Helmer Fidi Alvarez were also names being floated for the director's chair. The Batman is the latest DC Warner Brothers project that to undergo a director shuffle. The Flash standalone has gone through several directors, including Seth Graham Smith and Rick Famuya. Fam, you, you, yeah. How do you not, say this? Not, not going to work here anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work here. I'll tell you that much. So there you go. Uh, I thought that would have been a great pick. But you know who me, they me should too. After he's done directing Suicide Squad 2, they need to get Mel Gibson to direct Batman. That's right. Oh. Suicide Squad 2, Mel Gibson acknowledges that he's on first date with DC. What? Gibson has been exploring ideas for Suicide Squad 2, okay? This coming from IGN. Gibson was doing a Q&A session at February 15th screening of his Oscar-nominated war movie Hacksaw Ridge and was asked by a moderator if the reports about him directing a sequel to The Suicide Squad were true. First of all, I'm surprised they're even making a sequel. So is this getting close to a deal or is it a first date? The moderator asked, in which Gibson replied, 
it's kind of a first date. You can watch Gibson talking about in this video here, which I will not click on, but Gibson does mention that he's been talking about potential ideas for the sequel and that news of Warner Brothers eyeing Gibson to direct Suicide Squad first broke yesterday, which is a week ago, and though there's no official offer for Gibson, he's in early talks, quote, with the studio and familiarizing himself with material. Didn't he say, like, a year ago of how he was sick of all this comic book crap? <laughs> yeah, than... that's my first... Yeah, remember that? That's my first question. He says he doesn't even like superhero films. He didn't even like... He didn't like Batman v Superman in particular. Yeah. And not only this, but the Hollywood is basically pretty much blacklisted Gibson for so long. This is the movie they bring him back in with? Yeah. I just... I don't know. I mean, I haven't... I still have not seen Suicide Squad because I'm waiting... Really? If they ever happen for David Ayer's original Big cut smile. to be released, you have seen it. Does it keep itself open for a sequel? Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're a team. Basically, the Suicide Squad, I don't know what it was supposed to be, but as I was watching the film, I realized the studio was like, you know what this needs to be? It needs to be Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's turn it into that. And the whole third act of the film turns into Guardians of the Galaxy. And it basically ends with them going off where they can still go on and do things, you know. Okay, step aside, old man. Yeah, exactly. Gibson has been vocal in the past about his distaste for superhero films, calling Batman v Superman, Donna Justice in particular, a piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, and Marvel movies more like violent. Opinion, man. Did he really call Marvel movies more violent than anything that he's done? That's a ridiculous statement. Because come yeah. on, Braveheart is really freaking violent. Not to mention the Last Temptation of Christ. I mean, not the Last Temptation, <laughs> Passion of, of Christ. Christ. Sorry, can't believe I made that mistake. But also, <laughs> I've heard Hacksaw Ridge is very. I mean, he's. I enjoy Mel Gibson's films. Uh. You know, I think he's a good director. He's he's yeah. obviously kind of a whack job, apparently. <laughs> Amy says what's on his mind, and sometimes maybe you don't want to hear what's on his mind. Uh, I don't know. I just, I don't yeah. know what Warner Brothers is doing anymore, to tell you the truth. Yeah, there's, there's, um, it, it's, how can I put this? I mean, Drew McWinney has talked about on Twitter and when during his last few days at you know his last week uh, month or so at Hit Fix, when it was still called Hit Fix, it's now transitioned into another company. Where Up the off. studio head, they've switched studio heads from Warner Brothers, and that's kind of where you're getting a lot of weird <clears throat> decisions. There's a reason they you know and you apparently covered this on a past episode where you know there was the press release hey we're making five sequels to fantastic beasts and where to find them it, it, it's a studio desperate to produce franchise hits in 10 pole movies and yeah. just product and it's it's off putting because warner brothers used to have this reputation as a studio that respected and uh valued like uh you know 
directorial efforts and the voice of the director and now it's turning into something that just is very unwieldy and i keep rooting it in 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 regards to the dc cinematic universe i i keep rooting for you know this series to reach a particular point where it becomes you know something that's well liked by everyone because uh, I, and I think that they could definitely reach that with Wonder Woman and Justice League when they both come out later this year. But it, it seems like they're making some very poor decisions, and a lot of it's coming from the new people in charge. So we'll we'll see if cooler heads prevail. I I, I uh, the the I mean it's it sucks that Matt Reeves is no longer in talks to do it, and maybe he's got the right choice because. He's in post with Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and I want that movie to be as awesome as it possibly can. Yeah, it looks. Uh, awesome. But if but if he can't do it, give it to the Fidi Alvarez guy because Don't Breathe is was a great horror film. And yeah, I, just, uh, I wonder if they go in, they sit down, and they go, "Here's what we want out of this Batman movie," and they list these things, and it's just like, eh, "I'm not your guy. You're overwhelming me. <laughs> You're giving me a panic attack." Yeah. You know, and I don't blame Ben Affleck from stepping down from directing. That's that's too much responsibility for one person to have where you're in a physically demanding role. You've wrote the script. You've produced it. And now you're sold to direct it. I mean, no yeah. wonder he, you know, he, he stepped away from it. But uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see how this shakes out. He just directed a movie that nobody wanted to see. All they wanted to ask him out was Batman. I'm sure that's pretty annoying for him. And, you know, there was even that story that he doesn't want to be Batman anymore, which we don't even know if it was true or whatever, but... Uh, That's probably a bunch of crap, but we'll see. It's a bunch of bullshit, but it's just... I can understand how it might be annoying if you want... He seems like the kind of director who wants to do many different things, and once you're Batman, you're just Batman, and that's all we care about. I can see how that would be frustrating. (laughs) Well, I mean, they warned him when he was given the role. They warned him, you know, if you if you sign up for this, this is what your life is going to be like. And well, he, yeah, he knew as, it. As soon as they announced he knew it. it, all the internet was a buzz about was, oh my god, worst casting ever. And you know, I automatically thought, no, it's not bad. That sounds good, or whatever. And you know what? I do enjoy the Batman stuff in the movie, in Batman yeah. and Superman. I thought he did a great job for, you know, what he was given. And that Batman fight where he's kicking dudes' asses at the end to save Martha I thought was pretty freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, if there's I still anybody- love I still love that nightmare vision he has where he's shooting people and parademons are swarming all over the place. Freaking love <laughs> yeah. It. Do you wish – let me ask you this. Just we don't – we won't go off on a tangent here, but – would you like to see Zack Snyder stop directing DC movies, or are you just like, go ahead, let him direct another one? I think I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if Justice League will be kind of like the the last one he directs for a while, because, I mean, he's been going nonstop for like, let's see, Man of Steel came out in 2013, so it, it, he's been on the DC train for, you know, nonstop for like, you know, six or seven years. If he wants to take a step away, I think he should uh, and do something personal. Uh, I, I love what he's done with these movies, and Justice League has a lot of hope, but I don't want Snyder to be uh, beaten down by this whole process. So 
if he wants to walk away from Justice League, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that. It's weird that they can't find directors to do this shit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I and I don't I, I really do think that that's more on a studio because they're one to control everything, but they don't have the discipline or the vision that the Marvel Studios I would Marvel like Studios this. have. If I was going to, I would Christopher Nolan it where it'd be, we Jason, we want you to direct the, the Batman, and I'd be like, I will direct the Batman, but I'm also going to direct the two sequels. Give me a trilogy, and I want to work on the story for three movies to set it up. Uh, and then go away for a while, come back. I have my big three arc story, you know, three movie story, and then give it to somebody else. I would do something like that. I don't want to be a hired gun for one movie. You know what I mean? Maybe if they did that, offered that to somebody, we'd like you to do a trilogy of Batman films. What do you want to do? Let's hear your ideas. Oh, by the way, we also have to tie it in with the rest of the DC universe. Maybe Aquaman shows up at one point. Be like, guys, I'm, I'm out of (laughs) here. Aquaman's not going to be in my Batman movie, okay? But you never know. Yeah. Now, I want to get on to another story. I don't know if you've heard this for a while, that Kevin Smith, he was going to direct a Buckaroo Bonsai series. That mm-hmm. He kind of left that when he heard that the original guys were suing to get uh, the rights back to it, and he didn't want to stand in the way of that. Uh, also, he wants to do a Mallrats TV series, which he's trying to find somebody to pick it up, but apparently no one has yet. So now, Kevin Smith eyes Todd McFarlane's Sam and Twitch series for BBC America? What? I don't know if you ever read Spawn, but there are these two cop characters named Sam and Twitch in the comic book. Well, um, I have no idea. <laughs> Now Kevin Smith has in mind to develop Todd McFarlane's Sam and Twitch for a TV adaptation at BBC America. Deadline revealed that the the news in a conversation with BBC America boss Sarah Barnett specifying that Smith's adaptation was only in development for now. The Sam and Twitch characters were originally introduced in Todd McFarlane's Spawn series, though Smith will write and direct them for their own series. Well, we've got some high-profile talent that we have attached to his show that we're doing. It's Kevin Smith. We're super excited about him. Obviously, he is attached to comic book men, comic book men in the family of AMC. Apparently, BBC America, are they the same company? He is attached to write, direct, and executive produce a series based on Sam and Twitch. Okay, we I've read that three times. They were originally introduced in Spawn, and I've read that before, and Todd McFarlane's comic book series about big city homicide detectives who face a super grisly, a series of super grisly crimes that are connected to the occult. It's kind of frightening and sort of gallows humor. It's, again, procedural, but in a very modern, contemporary way, so each episode is close-ended, although there are certain character serialized aspects to the storytelling. Smith is also due to return to Supergirl at some point this season to say nothing of future projects in the works. Either way, BBC America has found success with genre projects like Dirk Gently's, Dirk Gently's Holistic oh, Detective oh. Agency. Yeah. So, so might Smith find a more permanent home with Sam and Twitch? Stay tuned for latest announcements. I my first gut feeling is no, this will never see the light of day. What do you think? I didn't even know he was doing this. In fact, when you were reading the story, I thought you were going to talk about 
the Jay and Silent Bob movie he's the reboot, yeah. He's making he's be- been in because he's wanting to do that. It's obvious. I Kevin Smith really wants to run a TV show. That's what I figured out. He's directed several episodes of television lately. He's directed Flash and Supergirl. I think he's going to direct uh or has he I think he's going to direct the other uh DC show, but he's having f- Oh no, he directed a sitcom on ABC, I remember. I forget what that's called, but he's been directing a lot of television. He really wants to run his own TV show is what I think. And he want, wanted to do a Mallrats TV series, but I don't think anybody picked that up. And the Buckaroo that, that's Yeah, that's still that's still in uh, – he's still in talks with you know certain networks. And uh, last I heard, no no one's bit. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Sam and Twitch, I, re- I uh, collected Spawn in the early days of Image Comics and stuff. I didn't. I never got in. I collected it because of the artwork. The story never was compelling to me, and the Swan movie was freaking awful. You know, that's the only. That's the only thing of Spawn that I've ever experienced was the movie. And they did an HBO Spawn series, which was also unwatchable to me. I thought. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell's going on with this. So we'll see. I don't know if you've ever read any Star Wars Expanded Universe stories, but this story came out today that uh, a new Star Wars novel will reveal what happened to Jar Jar Binks. The f- oh, Jesus. <laughs> the f- <laughs> that was a perfect reaction to that. <laughs> oh, God. Go, go, continue. Okay, so here's what's going on. Um, the fate of one of Star Wars Saga's most divisive characters at at last has been revealed. The upcoming novel, Star Wars After Aftermath, Empire's End, by Chuck Wendig, finally puts to rest one of the sci-fi franchise's most burning questions. Whatever happened to Jar Jar Binks? I don't think anyone ever thought that question at all. Nobody cared. In case no, you managed to block him from memory, Jar Jar was... Well, are you kidding me? I'm not even going to read that sentence. So anyway, they explain who Jar Jar is. His general inability to connect with viewers didn't keep Jar Jar from going on to great things, however. After rousing a small rebel band to defeat a Trade Federation army in the Phantom Menace, he went on to become a delegate in the Galactic Senate in Attack of the Clones. By the time Star Wars Revenge of the Sith came around, Jar Jar had been relegated to being seen, not heard. He had one brief scene and a throwaway line, but since then, the character has yet to reemerge in official canon until now. Well, actually, he was in the Clone Wars series quite a bit. Wendig's novel, the third in a series that bridges the gap between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, raises the sleeping Gungan from his canonical slumber. Oh, for Christ's sakes! Uh... (laughs) So anyway, I went ahead and read this. Basically, he's like a clown working in Theed, entertaining people, kind of like a court jester. Oh. And he's been shunned by all Gungan people for basically giving emergency powers to Palpatine, who eventually became the Empire Emperor. So everyone blames him. So basically, he's living a life of just entertaining children, and nobody really pays attention to him anymore. They've given him the plot of a Jerry Lewis movie or something. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh shit! So Why? 
I don't know. Why? I guess they had to... Why? You're, you've finally been answered. You always wondered, Adam, what happened to Jar Jar. Now you know. Am I right? No, no. I can't say I've ever thought about it. Nope. You, nope. You never wanted to no. know that? Oh. No, I never wanted it. I, did, I never wanted Leo Getz to be on Lethal Weapon, but <laughs> it happened. Hit the nose. Uh, did you watch that episode, by the way? No. <laughs> it aired this week. With uh, Leo Getz. I thought it was a very tame Leo Getz. I thought it was, uh, they did a pretty good job of it. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a look. All right. But... It's probably on Hulu. <laughs> now, uh, two more stories. Stephen King series okay. Castle Rock is headed to Hulu from J.J. Abrams. This kind of looks really cool. You may have visited the town of Castle Rock in a Stephen King book or two. Now it's coming to television. J.J. Abrams will executive produce a new King-inspired original series, Castle Rock. Wow, they've told us three times now. Coming soon to Hulu from Abrams' bat robot production company. Abram Do you notice these stories just say the same thing like three times? Where does these stories come from again? Entertainment Weekly? This one is uh, from TV Line. Stop reading shitty stories, Jason. It, you'll find the same story every website. Trust me. Okay, no fair enough. Away from. In the teaser, famous fair. names and locations from King... Uh, and also, I wouldn't have a show if I didn't read these. <laughs> or, remember, remember, as you and Stephen pointed out last episode, they need the word count. Yes, they need the word count. And... What else am I going to talk about if I don't read these horrible stories? <laughs> In the teaser, <laughs> famous names and locations from King's literary works float by, like Danny Torrance, Annie Wilkes, Shawshank State Prison. These names are all connected by red snaking vines, which we will actually see line up on a map of the fictional main town of Castle Rock. King has used Castle Rock as a frequent setting for novels like The Dead Zone and Cujo, and the teaser promises the show comes from the world of Stephen King. So will this be an anthology series featuring all of the King's characters in one continuing story? The teaser doesn't give much to go on, but if you're a fan of King's writing, it's a good bet you're excited already. I am excited that J.J. Abrams is involved. I want to know who's going to run the show, who's going to write it, who's going to be in the show. Uh, I'm, you know, they got me curious. Give it to Frank Darabont. Hell yeah, that would be awesome. That's a good choice. Yeah, that's a really. I don't know what a, he's doing, but he needs something. That's a damn good choice. Hell yeah, I like yeah. that. Finally, Hook actor launches Kickstarter for Rufio oh, prequel. God. That's right, Adam. The story of Peter Pan has been told many times, but Hook star Dante Basco thinks another Lost Boy should get his chance to shine. That's right, the actor who starred as Rufio and the Steven Spielberg-directed film in 1992 has opened a Kickstarter campaign for a prequel about his character, the Mohawked leader of the Lost Boy Boys, who challenges Robin Williams' pan when he returns to Neverland. Basco and his group are seeking $30,000 to make the short film Bangarang. Can't make this shit up. Which will tell the story of an orphan Rufio, originally named Rufus, before he came to Neverland. <laughs> On the Kickstarter page, the film is described as being about believing in yourself and not letting your past define who you are. Finding your destiny and forcing it into existence. 
and being an asshole. Currently <laughs> sitting at $5,846, the campaign is open until March 14th. That sounds awesome. Let's see what the campaign's at now. 33047 goal has been met, Adam. Hell yeah. Let's watch the video. They used to call me Rufus. Rufus the kid. A kid with a dream. A kid who knew he was meant to be more than he was. Need to become a hero. This is my story before I was. The Pan. Before Neverland. Obviously, I can't play this whole thing because it's five minutes long. <laughs> Hi, I'm Don. Yeah, Bob. please don't. A lot of you guys recognize me as Rufio from the movie. Okay, first of all, he looks way older. How is he going to play a prequel of Rufio? <laughs> he's starring in it? I, I guess he's not. Uh, that's the only... Well, I mean, yeah, because this is like, what, nearly 30 years after the freaking movie came out? <laughs> he's going to have to, yeah, cast a younger person. Maybe it'll be him and old makeup. <sighs> Like telling the story of Rufio. Doesn't Rufio die though? Never mind. That's a bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Rufio. Uh, I didn't shed any tears for Rufio. <laughs> I like the he kid that roll into a ball and roll around. That was awesome. <laughs> now, Adam, but I, I just keep waiting. I keep waiting. Uh, uh, hopefully, this guy gets contacted. Maybe or maybe not by Spielberg. He just tells him, look, this movie's a piece of shit. Anything related to it is a piece of shit. Don't don't make the same mistake I made. Just move on with your life. Oh, so you're not a fan of Hook. Well, I mean, that in Spielberg, <laughs> Spielberg doesn't consider it to be a low point in his career. Yeah. It just, I, I mean, because like it marked it marked the end. I mean, because it used to be, you know, family filmmaking, and yeah. you know, the, the t- you know, he he used to make these kind of uh, uh, family real wholesome family related entertainments, and Hook was kind of like the last straw because the next year, next two years, he would come out with both Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. But I keep hearing, and and Drew McWinney likes to talk about this that. He, I, like reportedly, he sat through a screening and then went out to his limo and just basically cried him, cr- basically cried to himself. Like he knew he screwed up. Oh, like wow. he, I mean, I, and I know that the movie has its as its followers, and that's fine. And when I saw the movie, I thought it was okay. I did, I, I wasn't yeah. you know in love with it or anything, but. It's 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 such an awkward movie that doesn't completely make sense and the uh, I don't know it's it's just a schizophrenic movie and I've never I, I don't know I, I do love the soundtrack to it yeah and I it think, does have its moments but I mean I, I I've I've just never seen the value in it I that some people do my, I I remember seeing it in the theater. Mm-hmm. being entertained i guess but it's a kind of movie when it's over i don't think i ever thought about it again it wasn't a special movie like oh man hook i can't wait to own that when it comes out on video or whatever i had no desire to watch it again i, I thought there were right. moments that might have been cute my main problem with the movie now if i see it like on hbo or whatever is that it's so it looks like it's on a soundstage 
they didn't even try to make it look like this other world. It just looks like a soundstage movie, you know? Maybe that's what they're going right. for. I don't know, but maybe they could have gone to a real location. I don't know. Maybe it would have been too expensive, but it just looks like it's a stage production, doesn't it? I don't know. It just... Yeah, the the sets are so weird, and everybody's trying. The, the Lost Boys, they incorporate stuff like hip-hop and, you know just things that seem out of place it, it's it's really commercialized in a way that it shouldn't be yeah they really wanted this to be a big hit movie you can tell they wanted to have burger king cups or whatever uh and everybody gives it their all you know dustin hoffman uh bob hoskins uh the children yeah. The children are all adorable. The little girl, I remember, she's breaking all the pirates' hearts when she sings and stuff like that. I remember that. But yeah, I I could see how Spielberg would consider it a misfire. But I, I think Spielberg distanced himself from it afterwards, and he moved on to a better phase of his career. I think so. Um, I did. I don't, I don't think know. That, 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 that may after... be mean spirit of me to think that Spielberg would ever take in touch with the guy. Say just, just don't even bother. It's but like, dude, like, do but uh, I mean, why do you wait that long <laughs> to tell this story? Why? It's funny. I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> He's going to do a fan film. Basically is what it is. Well, good luck. Okay, Adam, it's time for let's read Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm going to need That's... some I'm going to eventually need some Rotten Tomatoes music, aren't I? If you want to, sure. <laughs> eventually. I like spelled tomato juice. All right, the film is The Great Wall. That's right. It is starring Matt Damon. And no, it's not whitewashing cuz he isn't a white guy playing an Asian person, right? It's more of a right. white savior movie, right? <laughs> Where the white guy comes up to him. No, I haven't even heard it described as that. He's just a just guy a- who happens to be there Yeah. during this whole thing. Starring global superstar Matt Damon and directed by one of the most breathtaking visual stylists of our time, Zhang Yimou. I have no idea if I said that right. Legendary's The Great Wall tells the story of an elite force making a valiant stand for humanity on the world's most iconic structure. The first English language production for Yimu is, I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, is the largest film ever shot entirely in China. The Great Wall also stars Jing Chan, Pedro, Pedro Pascal, Willem Dafoe, and Andy Lau. Oh, thank God. Uh, uh, wasn't too hard there. But, okay, I will say this about the film. I don't know anything about the film other than what I've seen in the trailers is it looks like they're fighting monsters on the Great Wall. Looks kind of cool. Looks like, hey, I might be into this, right? As of right now in the tomato meter, or tomato meter, if you will, it is 36% rotten. Mm. 141 reviews counted, 51 fresh, 90 rotten. That means nothing to me. Let's see what these people have to say. Allison Wilmore of BuzzFeed News says, To watch it is to be aware of how little movies this size have to do with art and how much they are a product. The result of a calculation involving actorly appeal and spectacle, because spectacle, not story, has the most universal draw. Okay. Amy Nicholson of MTV liked it. 
Damon's wild-haired gringo claims to have soldiered under many flags, which would explain his shape-shifting accent that's Irish, except for when it sounds beamed from Mars. I give it a C. All right. Pete Travers of Rolling Stone says, Shit. What a bummer that all the Chinese masters Zeng Yu, Zeng Yimu, and Hollywood star Matt Damon can come up with is a B-level creature feature with delusions of grandeur. I give it a 1.5 out of 4. Okay. Kill yourself, Travers. <laughs> he didn't like it at all, but Alonzo well, Duraldi... <laughs> Alonzo Duraldi of The Rap says, if you calibrate your expectations to monster movie for eight-year-olds, you may find fun in this energetic and blissfully brief tale of a Chinese army battling alien beasties in the Song Dynasty area. Oh, sweet, they're aliens? Okay, I'm sold. Peter Rayner <laughs> of the Christian Science Monitor says, Zhang does an impressive job of staging the battles but there's barely a whiff of genuine transcendence in this grand-scale extravaganza. I give it a C+. I'm out of here. All right. Would you like to know what Jim Judy of Screen It says about the movie, Adam? Yes. He says, The special <laughs> effects are okay, but not spectacular. The action and acting are decent, but not noteworthy. And the story isn't terribly complex. He gave it a rotten tomato, I guess. Okay. Yep. Let's see what else some other crit- critiques of the film are. Let me ask you this first, though, Adam. Is this something when you see the trailer, you're like, yeah, I might want to see that. That was pretty cool. Uh, unfortunately, no. I mean, I the director, I actually like because he made uh, House of Flying Daggers. Yes, and, awesome uh, movie. Curse of the Golden Flower and Hero, and those are all visually, visually beautiful looking, and they've got wonderful. Uh, they got great action. House of Flying Daggers is my favorite, but um, with this movie, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't have the problem with Damon's casting, but uh, the, they showed the trailer at some point last year when I went and saw a movie, and I just thought. I don't, I have no interest whatsoever. I, and I was just kind of hoping, well, maybe the reviews will be better. Maybe they'll bring out, maybe they'll tell, maybe they can sell it better than the trailer did. Yeah. And uh, so far, my hopes have not changed. I mean, if any of these same people said anything about like, I don't understand House of Flying Daggers, I and they gave it a rotten, I'd be like, well, yeah, but it's visually gorgeous, you know, and it's got some amazing yeah, well, fight scenes. Right? House of Flying Daggers is awesome. I wouldn't listen to those people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Laura Clifford of the Reeling Review says, like a highly derivative video game. Ugh. A silly goof of a movie with outstanding production design. It's not very good, but it sure is entertaining. I give it a B minus. Oh, did you see that coming? I didn't. Nope. Ryan Lowry of CNN, which we all know is fake news, Adam, a well-paced action movie <laughs> that doesn't waste much time on a preliminaries or explanations before plunging headlong into a prolonged, elaborately orchestrated fight against a horde of ghastly creatures. I give it 20 stars. It's the greatest movie ever made. Wow. 
Can we trust that review? I'm going to say yes, we can. Sounds good. (laughs) Now, Adam, I'm going to ask you this. Yes. There was another movie that came out that I'm curious about, and that is called A Cure for Wellness. And the reason I'm curious Mm -hmm. about it is because it looks very interesting. Uh, Gore Verbinski, he know uh, his films are usually very nice to look at. You know, I'm thinking the pirate movies, or even the first Ring he did was photographed gorgeously. Although it's uh, turned my wife off to horror movies forever because it scared the shit out of her. <laughs> but he has a new movie called A Cure for Wellness, starring Dane DeHaan. An ambitious young executive is sent to retrieve his company CEO from an idyllic but mysterious wellness center at a remote location in the Swiss Alps. He soon suspects that the spa's miraculous treatments are not what they seem when he begins to unravel its terrifying secrets. His sanity is tested as he finds himself diagnosed with the same curious illness that keeps all the guests here longing for the cure. From Gore Verbinski, the visionary director of The Ring, comes the new psychological thriller, A Cure for Wellness. (laughs) And also starring Jason Isaacs and... uh, Lisa Baines and Mia Goth um, and uh, Carl Lumley. Uh, uh, I haven't heard of any of the other people in this movie. So anyway, right now it is sitting at 38% rotten. Oh, 99 reviews counted 38 fresh 61 rotten, but the cinema score is 49% liked it. Uh, rotten, kicked over popcorn. So that's not good. Usually cinema score is pretty generous. You know, the actual people coming out of the theater. Brad Wheeler of Globe and Mail. I know we all look at that site, right? Somewhere around the sure. mi- <laughs> Somewhere around the middle of the film, one begins to realize it probably isn't going anyplace worthwhile. Okay. Leah Pickett of Chicago Reader says, Seems to last forever, and when it finally ends, it leaves a sour taste of overproduced, overblown schlock. Oh, I love when they use the word schlock in their reviews. Justin Chang of Los Angeles Times says, There's a tremendous visual craft and inarguably inarguable style here. He tried to throw me off with that, didn't he? But none of the discipline... And the sense of pacing and proportion that would allow the filmmaker's creative instincts to soar rather than merely sputter. Or he says splutter. Yeah. I'm not sure that's a word. Robert Levin of AM New York says, One shouldn't underestimate the sheer pleasure of encountering a project that's willing to deviate from the typical obsession with plot and hitting storytelling beats in an attempt at something grander. I give it a three out of four. It's the best movie ever made. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that line shows up a lot when you're reading these. <laughs> like I really loved it. Let's see. Uh, Adam Graham of Detroit News says, at 90 minutes, it could have been an eerie, tricky, well-crafted thriller. At two hours, its wheels start to fall off, and then it continues to limp along for another 30 minutes, after which you wonder what the point of all this was in the first place. I give it a D plus, and I'm never going to go see a movie again. I quit. Wow. That's pretty bad if uh, the movie's so bad it gets you to quit your job. 
Man, it's pretty shocking, isn't it, Adam? Well, he probably should quit his job. <laughs> John Urban Urban Chick says that uh, somebody okayed Gore Verbinski's flimsy schlockfest and its idiot plot based on it, his success on the Pirates films and perhaps his spooky Ring remake. Alas, now will come a real cure for such generosity quicker than the movie's preposterous running time. <laughs> I crack myself up. I give it a two out of five. Okay. Yeah, this guy sounds better. Yeah. That's, it's not doing too well. I think I'm less likely to watch this movie than I am the... Uh, great- I'll rent it. I'll most likely rent it because I, I, I still like Verminsky as a director and... And I kind of like that he was going back into horror, and this apparently looks like there's going to be it's going to be like the kind of body horror kind of stuff. But but yeah, the problem is uh, without I I need to find you know or a movie critic who I usually read, and they don't seem to be listed in Rotten Tomatoes. So (laughs) yeah. Maybe somewhere down the line. Drew McWeeny, he's doing his own thing, Pulp and Popcorn. We have to wait for that to come out to see his reviews of things right now. And that's my go-to yeah, guy for films a lot of times. Uh, yeah. One more. A.O. Scott of the New York Times. A Cure for Wellness is a lustrous box of genre candy. The self-revealing work of an auteur who has laid bare not so much his psyche as his online streaming cue. Okay, it sounds. Yikes. Did he like it or did he not like it? I can't tell. Uh, I, I think a little bit more on not liking it. A cure for wellness is a riot of film references with eels. <laughs> okay. So there you go. So I'll let you uh, decide if you want to go see that, Adam. Well, Adam, that's all I've got for now. Thank you so much for joining me on the show tonight, huh? Thank you for inviting me, sir. Sir, it was a pleasure as always. Lots of wonderful news, but we got to talk about John Wick too, which I was really excited to do. And uh, I'm excited to see that new movie that uh, John Wick's director is doing. Uh, Remind me of the name of John Wick's uh, director. It's Chad Stahel. uh, I'm probably going to butcher this. Oh, Stahelski. I think it's Stalski is the way it's pronounced. Stalski, sorry. Chad Stalski. Chad Stalski. Uh, and only one, only one of the directors came back for the sequel. Brian Litch, I think, was the the second one. And is he? I, I don't think he had anything to do with the second movie. Is he doing Deadpool two? Uh, I forget who was doing Deadpool two. Let me see, because I know the original director of De- David Leach. Yeah. He got the job Deadpool oh. 2 off of his – what's weird is he's not credited as the director of John Wick. He's like ghost credited, yeah. right? Yeah, but it's probably some weird director's Guild of America line thing. Yeah. It's probably some bullshit rule. Yeah, it's probably some bullshit rule. But he got the job to do Deadpool 2 off of John Wick, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But – uh Chad Stalski, I can't wait to see his next film. Uh, I'm excited, you know. And by the way, yeah, John Wick is 89% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. As it should be. Yes, it should uh, be. And yeah, 92% the, that, of people liked it. I hate <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes so much. <laughs> but I can't yeah, help that, myself. Yeah, that, that triple threat movie, he's 
he's uh it, it's and and i'm i'm up for it because it's got two of the actors from the raid movies that gareth evans directed and uh, it's also got tiger chin who uh Keanu Reeves directed in uh, The Man from Tai Chi. Have you seen it? No. Is that good? It's excellent. It was Keanu Reeves' directorial debut, and I think it's still on Netflix. Uh, I don't Sweet. know if that's still the case. Do you do it? But if job? it is, I, I I definitely suggest you check that out. Uh, Tiger Chen was also he was also one of the Merovingians henchmen in Matrix Reloaded. So oh, okay. That's that's very promising to me. Oh, by the way. Uh, 160 reviews counted, 143 fresh, 17 rotten for John Wick Chapter 2. Let's read one of them, Adam. Richard Brody of The New Yorker says, Despite the long takes and the wide angles, the traumatic violence looks like an expertly realized CGI combined with elaborately sampled stunt work, if you like that sort of thing. Wow. Dick. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Does this sound like the kind of guy you care what he thought of the movie? Here's another person, uh, Gordon Brennan of Film Ireland magazine says, I think it's more than fair to point out that fans may miss the emotionally driven and epic purity of its action packed predecessor. Okay. Kevin Marr of The Times UK says, It is such a hoot watching him shoot everyone in a nightclub. He shoots him in the face, under the chin, through the temple, blam, 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 screams, gore, death. I give it a one out of five. Wow! He did not like the film, Adam. (laughs) Yeah, that sounded like a four or five out of five leading up to it. One fundamental problem, says Jeffrey McNabb, is that John Wick is nigh indestructible. That means the element of threat isn't there. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, that's serious bullshit. (laughs) Alan Hunter says, I wasn't a fan of John Wick, which gave Keanu Reeves a new lease on life. Inscrutable, invincible Uh, action. Also, I don't like puppies or America or other good things. (laughs) John Wick 2 is even more ridiculous than the first film. Wow, go to hell, dude. Robert Rotten (laughs) says, This sequel doesn't show us anything new about John Wick. The plot provides excuses for a lot of gunfights, fistfights, and knife fights that go on and on and on. It is ultra-violent and ultra-senseless. I give it a C. Okay. Wow, these guys are sticks in the mud. Instead of Rotten Tomatoes, can it just be called stickinthemud.com? That might be good. Yeah. These people didn't like John Wick. I, I, I can't relate to these people. Tony Medley says, there is. they all sound that way. There is little in this film apart from Reeves graphically shooting one person after another in the head for two hours. It's disgraceful that Hollywood keeps foisting movies that have no other purpose than to desensitize people to bestial brutality. I give it a zero out of ten. Boy, these uh, these delicate snowflakes are definitely uh, getting uh, <laughs> traumatized by this. Matthew Lacona, I got to read one more bad review because it, it, it's just so funny. Here's the problem with Avenging Angels. After a while, their invincibility gets both boring and silly, and the viewer starts pining for something recognizably human. Go see that dog movie instead. Oh, okay. I recommend that, Adam. The dog movie? <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, the dog's purpose. What the hell is he talking about? A dog's purpose, you know? Oh, the movie, the movie in which a dog got thrown into a freaking body of water. <laughs> the animal cruelty. Yeah, let, let's let's opt out for that uh, that that example of good behavior. Okay, one more, and then I'm done. Jeanette Katzolis <laughs> of the New York Times says the lightness and winking quality that soften the slaughter are less evident in John Wick Chapter 2, an altogether more solemn affair weighed down by the philosophy that more is always more. What? I got n- I, I'm done. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for joining me once again on Entertainment Landfill News. It was a, it was a gas, man. I love it. It was a real hoot. I love this entertainment news, don't you? And... Uh, it's great. And it never stops. There will be n- more stories next week. <laughs> <laughs> and who would have predicted it? I predict that yeah. next week's news, I will be talking about another director pegged to direct the new Batman film. We'll see. Yeah, I really think so. So everybody, if you would, go to etlandfill.com. There you can get all of our previous episodes of uh, et landfill news also you can find links to all of our other shows you know if it's a movie react to triple x you're looking for or a chuck series companion or uh what we thought of the ghostbusters movie (laughs) or whatever you know you can find it there linked at etlandfill.com also you can find a link to patreon if you want to support the show go to patreon.com slash landfill like adam sexton thank you so much adam and uh, You're welcome. hopefully soon we'll get Steven back and hopefully Bill will be able to, Bill is very busy with school. I don't know if I'll ever talk to him again, but hopefully I do. And he will join us on a show. And uh, yeah. I'd like to, I don't think he's got to see John Wick too, but I know he'll enjoy it. I hope he gets out there to see it. And uh, I guess the next film that we're super excited for would be uh, Logan. Am I right? Yeah. Two weeks. We're going to see Logan in Hopefully by then, we haven't had the movie totally spoiled by all the people that have already seen it, apparently. Jerks. <laughs> They're all jerks, Adam. You just have to ignore them, man. Yeah. All right, guys, that's our show. And what are you waiting for? Get out there, play some video games, watch a TV show, and see a movie. And we'll see you next time. Right, Adam? Check you later. So I guess you have a choice. You want a war? Or do you want to just give me a gun? Somebody please get this man a gun. Now this is podcasting. So what are you guys waiting for? Go see John Wick Chapter 2 now.